For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the themes of Yom Kippur. This is part three of the series. We need to confess that Yeshua is Messiah. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it is written, that if you will confess with your mouth Yahweh Yeshua and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when we repent of our sins and confess our sins, we not only have to confess of our sins and the sins of our forefathers, but in confessing our sins, we need to confess that Yeshua is Messiah. Now in Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 it is written wherefore God has highly exalted him that is Yeshua and given him a name which is above every name that is the name of Yeshua every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Yahweh to the glory of God the Father you see we haven't truly confessed our sins and repented of our sins and less we receive the forgiveness that is offered by Yeshua when he died on the tree and thus in doing so proclaiming that Yeshua is Yahweh. Yeshua in his shed blood was shed for the purpose of forgiving our sins. By confessing and repenting of our sins the blood of Yeshua cleanses us from all our sins. In Matthew chapter 26 verses 26 to 28 it is written and as they were eating Yeshua took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We can also see how the blood of Yeshua forgives us of our sins from Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, and also Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And from Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins the blood of bulls and goats 
cannot take away our sins. Our sins are only forgiven by the blood of Yeshua. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 it is written, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Today is when we are and should repent. In the Talmud, Shabbat 153a, Rabbi Eliezer encourages us to spend each day in repentance. Rabbi Eliezer said, Repent one day before your death. His disciples asked him, Does then anyone know on which day he will die? Then all the more reason that he repent today, he replied, lest he die tomorrow and thus his whole life should be spent in repentance. We are told that today is the day which we should repent and hear the voice of the God of Israel. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15 it is written, While it is said today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. And the subject of repentance at the time of death, it is written in Mishnah Torah, Chilchot Teshuvah 1-3 and in 2-1 Rambam or Moses Maimonides explains that if one has been wicked for his entire life but repent at the end of his life he is forgiven. In Ezekiel 33 verse 12 it is written, The wickedness of the wicked he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Now let's look at the repentant thief who asked for his sins to be forgiven on the day of his death when he also hung on the tree while Yeshua was hanging on the tree in the process of being crucified. In Luke chapter 23 verses 39 through 43 it is written, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If you be Mashiach, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Do not you fear God seeing you are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Yeshua, has done nothing amiss. He doesn't deserve the punishment that we are receiving. And he said unto Yeshua Yahweh, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Yeshua said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shall you be with me in paradise. What is complete repentance or complete Yeshua? How do we know when we have completely repented of our sin? In Mishnah Torah, Teshuvah 2.1, Rambam, Moses Maimonides explains that someone who does complete repentance is when someone who has sinned and is faced with the same opportunity to repeat his sin, but refrains from doing so because he wishes to repent from that sin. That is complete repentance. In Mishnah Torah, in chapter 2 and verse 1 is where we can see these words written. How is a sinner supposed to repent? In Mishnah Torah, Hilchot Teshuvah 2.2, Rambam, Moses Maimonides, explains that a sinner should abandon his sinfulness, drive it from his thought, and conclude in his heart that he will never do it again. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7, it is written, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thought, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Our sins are forgiven through the righteousness of Yeshua. In Romans chapter 3, verses 24 through 27,
26, it is written, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Yeshua. Yeshua is our atonement. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it is written, For he has made him, that is Yeshua, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In confessing our sins, in Mishnah Torah Hilchot Teshuvah 2.9, Rambam, or Moses Maimonides, explains that Teshuvah, or repentance, and Yom Kippur only atones for sins between man and the God of Israel, but sins between one man and another are not forgiven until one gives the other his due and appeases him. This thought is also found in the Talmud in Yoma 85b. Yeshua taught that we should to be reconciled with our brother before we approach the altar of the God of Israel to ask for forgiveness unto him. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 and 24 it is written, Therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has ought against you, leave there your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In other words, seek forgiveness from your brother who you need to make reconciliation with before you ask forgiveness of the God of Israel. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Yeshua taught us about forgiving others as it is written. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So not only do we ask to be forgiven of sins that we have committed unto somebody else, but if they ask us to forgive them of their sins which they've committed against us, we are commanded to forgive them of their sins if we want to be forgiven of our sins unto the God of Israel himself. In Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 and 22, Yeshua taught us about forgiving others as it is written. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Yeshua said unto him, I say not unto you unto seven times, but seventy times seven. Seven in the Bible is the number of completion or perfection. So really what Yeshua is saying, not seven times, but seven times seven, till it is ultimately and completely forgiven. Yeshua taught us a parable regarding forgiving others if we want to be forgiven by our Heavenly Father. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35 it is written therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servant and when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents but for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying lord have patience with me and I will pay you 
you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you wanted me to do so. Should not you also have compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So Yeshua emphasized the importance of forgiving others and accepting the forgiveness of others when they request to be forgiven. We just have covered many of the principles of forgiveness when they ask to be forgiven what is required of them to do. We are exhorted to forgive our brother of their sin against us even as we have to ask forgiveness that we've done unto our brother if we want to be forgiven by our Heavenly Father whom we are in great trespass against without His mercy and compassion that He would bestow upon us through Yeshua and His shed blood on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins. Yeshua even forgave those who crucified Him. In Luke chapter 23 verses 33 and 34 it is written, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified Him in the malefactors, one on the right side and the other on the left. Then said Yeshua, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. There are three ways in which we can seek to be forgiven of our sins. We can repent out of love for the God of Israel, because we don't want to hurt his heart. We can repent out of fear or reverence for the God of Israel, because we don't want to face the consequences. Or we can repent to the God of Israel because we don't repent and have to go through suffering. And the suffering causes us to repent. And looking at these ways of repenting, in the Talmud in Yoma 86a and 86b, it is written, Rabbi Hama, son of Hanina, said, Great is penance, for it brings healing to the world, as it is said, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. Hosea chapter 14 verse 4. Rabbi Hama, son of Hanina, pointed out a contradiction. It is written in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 22, Return, you backsliding children, speaking about those who were formerly backsliding. And then it is written, I will heal your backsliding. He answered, This is no difficulty. In the one case, the reference is where they return out of love. In the other, is when they return out of fear. Now let's look at repentance from suffering. Rob Judah pointed out this contradiction. It is written, Return, you backsliding children, I will heal your backsliding. But it is also written, For I am a Lord unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14. This is no contradiction. The one verse speaks of a return out of love or fear, the other when it comes as a result of suffering. 
thing. Rabbi Jonathan said, Great is repentance because it brings about redemption, as it is said, and a redeemer will come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob. Referring to Isaiah chapter 59 verse 20. Why will a redeemer come to Jacob? Because of those that turn from transgression in Jacob. Yom Kippur is known as the day. Yom Kippur is the most holy day of the biblical year because the entire day is spent fasting, praying, and repentance. It is known as the day. Yom Kippur is known as the fast day. Yom Kippur is a day of afflicting your soul. In Leviticus 23 verse 27 it is written, Also, on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, And he humbled, which in Hebrew means afflicted you, and you and suffered you to hunger. Yom Kippur, the rabbis teach there are certain individuals, even though it is a fast day, that are not obligated to fast. Who are these? Well, the rabbis teach that if someone is suffering from a medical condition or a potentially life-threatening illness where fasting would cause possibly life-threatening implications, then the rabbis teach that under those circumstances, Yom Kippur fasting is forbidden for this person. Why? Leviticus chapter 18 verse 15 says, If you will keep my commandments and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them, I am the Lord. When you keep his commandments, the purpose is so that we would live, not die. So if by keeping his commandments, if you have a medical condition and fasting would cause harm unto you because of your medical condition, then you would not be required to fast on Yom Kippur. And Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 15, it is written, and you shall be exceedingly careful to guard your lives, is what it says in the Hebrew. The purpose of keeping the commandments is in order to live or guard our lives. Therefore, it is forbidden to fast on Yom Kippur for those who would suffer in adverse medical condition as a result of fasting. In addition, the rabbis teach that those under nine years of age also should not fast on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is known by the idiom of face-to-face. When the high priest or the Kohen Haggadol went into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, he was in the divine presence of the God of Israel. The Hebrew word for being in the presence of the God of Israel is panim, which means face. Panim is the Strong's number 6440. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 it is written, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence, which literally means in Hebrew the face, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Yom Kippur is known as face to face. Moses was in the face or the presence of the God of Israel when he was at Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11 it is written, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaks unto his friend. In the book written by Arthur Waskow entitled Seasons of Our Joy, his chapter on Yom Kippur is entitled face to face. Yom Kippur is known as Nila or the closing of the gate. In traditional Judaism the final service of Yom Kippur is known as Nila. The Hebrew word Nila means closing or locking. According to the Talmud Nila alludes to the closing of the temple gates at the end of the day. Nila also refers to the closing of the gates of heaven at nightfall when the day 
these prayers are over. And this is found in the Jerusalem Talmud in Berahot 4.1. And looking at Nila being the closing of the gates, according to Jewish tradition, the gates of heaven are opened on Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah to receive the prayers of those who are repenting before the God of Israel. According to Jewish tradition, the moment of atonement is at the end of Yom Kippur at the time of the Nila service. On Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah is when we are to be inscribed in the Book of Life, but it is on Yom Kippur and during the Nila service that the rabbis teach where you are sealed in the Book of Life. Believers in Yeshua the Messiah are sealed in the Book of Life, the Lamb's Book of Life, by the Ruach HaKodesh. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 it is written, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Yom Kippur is associated with the great shofar. At the conclusion of the Nila service for Yom Kippur, a shofar is blown. This shofar is known as the great shofar. This shofar is an allusion to the great shofar that would be blown to gather the exiles of Israel and to announce the coming of King Messiah. This thought is found in the Art Scroll Menorah series Yom Kippur on page 765 in the Machzor, the prayer book for Yom Kippur. Kippur. In Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13 it is written, And it shall come to pass in that day, the messianic times, that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the lands of Egypt, and they shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. When Yeshua returns at his second coming, it will be at the sound of a great shofar. In Matthew chapter 24 verses 29 through 31 it is written, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven which is a reference back to the book of Daniel with power and great glory and he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his lack from the four winds from one end of the earth to the other. This is going to conclude our teaching on the themes of Yom Kippur and in looking at the themes of Yom Kippur, we examined the following. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. Yom Kippur is associated with face to face. Yom Kippur is known as the day or the great day. It is the day of fasting or the afflicting of our soul and on this day a great shofar or a great trumpet is blown and this trumpet is blown in traditional Judaism at the end of their Yom Kippur service and that part of the service that is known as Nila or the closing of the gate. Yom Kippur is the day that is designated by the God of Israel where his people would repent and he would forgive the sins of the entire nation 
of Israel. And examining this, we looked at the issue of repentance and how we are to confess our sins and the manner in which the God of Israel forgives us of our sins. So we have committed sins against the God of Israel and we've committed sins against our fellow brethren that we need to be forgiven of. Our sins are ultimately forgiven by Yeshua, who is our high priest, who makes intercession for us, and our sins are forgiven when we receive his atoning work, when he died on the tree, and he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the themes of Yom Kippur. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.